standard answer, I would say, like, production design. Like, she's very famous for her, um, for her kitchens, her, like, living rooms, bedrooms. Um, like, basically, like, the houses and all of her films are, like, just, like, beautifully decorated. Just, like, designed to, like, every last detail. And also, like, her costume design. Like, she's kind of famous for, like taking a long time to like pick out the like exact right sweater for like Diane Keaton or Kate Winslet to wear in, in her films. And so like these movies have very like specific, you know, like extremely minutely crafted design to them. So you expect that and like that's something that like someone can appreciate in like a director like, you know, David Fincher or Michael Mann, then I think it's like it's, you should be able to expect that from Nancy Myers because she's like very much like the rom-com equivalent of like those two guys who are like just very specific and very detailed. Hi everyone, welcome to a podcast directed by We Are We Are in December. It is a time for celebration. <laughs> it is a time for family. It's a time for romance. So Mike, Mike finally gets his wish. From the beginning, from before the beginning, when we were just planning this show, Mike basically told me I will only do this show if I get to do a Nancy Myers one. And here we are with Nancy Myers, a filmmaker that I like. I would like to like put up a big fuss here and be like, Nancy Myers sucks. I can't believe I have to sit through 12 hours of this shit. Uh, but I'm... I'm ready for this. I'm ready for something light after we had two months of Scorsese. But Mike, you should be really excited for these six movies. I mean, it goes without saying that she is the greatest filmmaker of our generation. <laughs> I chose to say that, <laughs> dear listeners, if Dave didn't ruin it in the edit while he was taking a drink so that mm-hmm. we could all just let that sit well, in. Just bathe in that for a second. <laughs> Uh, so, Mike, I want you to take the lead here. So, why are we why are we talking about Nancy Myers? Why? What? Do you, like, realistically, like, I'm not joking. Like, if someone said, you know, you love Nancy Myers, what is it about Nancy Myers that you are so excited to talk about? Well, defend yourself, sir. Okay. <laughs> How often? And you can correct me, not if I'm wrong, but you can just enlighten me uh, with your. You know, vast film knowledge or anyone listening. I like where this is going. Continue. Because yeah. um, I'll tell you what I what I do like. And it's maybe it's not unique, but I do feel like it's I'm going to lean cynically that it probably is unique, um, given that there are not a ton of opportunities for uh, women directors. And I'm guessing that if we go back uh, deeper into the history of cinema, uh, even less so. But how how many other names can you come up with that look at um, the success of women? Not the struggle, mm-hmm. but the already established success of various female characters. Zero. Okay, so I mean that's <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's the clearest thing to me is like you know that's I don't think she gets the appropriate respect because I think that she makes well first off she makes popcorn movies. Thankfully, she makes entertaining movies. Um, But usually, if you want to say there's a common thread, it's that the female characters 
have already had their success and are dealing with other mm-hmm. shit. Usually more personal shit is what they're dealing with. Usually men and, fucking everything up and they got to fix it. Usually. But the, you know, the, I think what we, you know, what we're sort of groomed into thinking is when we see, you know, women on film, it's that really terrible trope of like, can they have it all? Mm-hmm. Or like, how can they gain respect and power? And or I think, worse, something terrible is going to happen to this woman. Like, it's just like, she has to struggle, she has to go through a divorce, she has to go through a child dying, she has to go through a sexual assault. Like like you mentioned, it is usually about the struggle rather than like, I'm at the mountaintop and now there's some new lighter challenges that are coming up and how am I going to deal with them? It's something we take for granted, uh, seeing men uh, deal with like, um, already being established in one field, because movies... You know, given if it's a two-hour runtime, although surprisingly, the <laughs> the launch film, which I have to admit, I had never seen The Parent Trap because I felt like okay, so when it came out, I would have been like fifteen. Like, yeah, it's not really the time to watch The Parent Trap. I, I wouldn't necessarily have been creepy for watching it, but it had missed the window as yes. far as me being the target demographic. Um, I am surprised though, having the IMDb up, and even when I was watching it, this damn thing is two hours and eight minutes long. Um, so yes, I think we're, we're primed and we're accustomed to seeing men, uh, established in one area. So we're going to hyper-focus on them for two hours with one specific problem. Uh, crazy, stupid love is a film that both of us really like. Uh, and in that one, it's basically Steve Carell getting his groove back, but we don't ever really see any of his work life. Cause it's just like, well, he's probably successful. He's fine. He does there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Nancy Myers does that and I, I enjoy it. So yes, mm-hmm. I stumped you. Uh, and I hope that I stump the listeners, but even if I don't, and we get a tweet saying, actually, this director does the same thing, then it just means I get more good shit to watch because yeah. I like this. So I, I, you know, I win either way. So before we jump into the first movie, before we talk about the parent trap, so here I'm going to say two very nice things about your queen, Nancy Myers. Thank you. It's one, I really appreciate that, that her movies, they don't make any attempt to be gritty or realistic. You know you're watching a movie when you're watching a Nancy Myers movie. Like, I like the fact that you can see the money on the screen. Um, And I think it's something that people complain about with Nancy Myers movies. Like, everything is too perfect. You know, the kitchens, blah, blah, blah. But I kind of like that. I kind of like that, like, from the opening frame, this is a presentation. And she's going to take you on this journey and have a good time with it. And the other thing, in the few movies of hers that I've watched, because I think I had watched three of the six before we started this, she knows what people think of the actors that she is casting, and she uses that. Um, we'll get into it in later episodes, but there's certain actors that there's already a buy-in towards who that character is, even before the cameras roll. Like, you know what you're going to get from Diane Keaton, from Jack Nicholson, maybe from Mel Gibson, and I like the fact that she doesn't shy away from that. She's not trying to be clever with her casting. She's like, if I want a charming, roguish asshole... At this time, I'm casting Mel Gibson. And I really like that she's really aware <laughs> Where of that. Where was she right on the money with yeah, that one, too? Maybe a little bit too much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, when we get into that one, uh, I was a little concerned because I actually, like, I'm like, I forgot about what women want. Um, Me too. Until we were um, planning this, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah she did that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, strangely, and I, I probably would get some flack from this, some, some backlash, but... I actually think that one probably ages better given what has transpired mm-hmm. uh, with Mel Gibson's career because uh, 
<laughs> boy, did he, boy, did he lean into it in the worst ways for that particular <laughs> character. <laughs> yeah, we will certainly get into that in our next episode for sure. But of course, our first episode is about the parent trap. I, I mean, I haven't seen the movie in a long time. I think last time I saw it was probably in like. 2011, 2012, 2013, like around that time. But um, I always found her performance very, um, very charming. Actually, like pretty like well done considering she's, you know, it's her debut film. I think it's like, you know, she's a child actress and she's doing like, you know, a California accent and a British accent. So I just find it's a very like interesting performance from her and just like, it's like a really weird movie in terms of Nancy Myers because like it doesn't really feel like a Nancy Myers. It actually feels like a Charles Shire movie. It feels more like his film, and she, there's a little bit of it from her, um, like around the edges, especially in the, the production design. But really cute movie, really funny, well done, but not you know it's not the Nancy Myers that you know we all come to have come to love over the last you know, twenty years. So I will say I walked into this movie negatively. I will say that because well, good, thank because, you for that. But wait, wait, that doesn't mean I didn't like it. Just hold on, <laughs> there, Mister Judgy. Just <laughs> calm down. The reason for that was when I was a kid, the original Parent Trap, starring Haley Mills and my favorite, favorite Maureen O'Hara, uh, was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. It was a movie that like I always wanted to watch for whatever reason. So I think I had this kind of like, I don't want to see a remake of that. Like, that's like my favorite childhood movie. And I put this on and Mike, it's really good. Like, I really like this movie. It's really I, charming. It is, like from the first moment to the last. Like, and it's, it's nice to see a movie like this. It's a pleasant experience where, aside from maybe the character of Meredith Blake, who is like one of the most over-the-top female villains, maybe since Cruella DeVille, like you're just like, everyone in this, you're like, you know, I want good things for them. I want, I want everyone to be happy in this movie. And spoiler alert, pretty much everyone is happy by the end of this movie. And things end as, as they are meant to. But I think you can tell, you can understand in seeing this movie why Lindsay Lohan immediately kind of became a child star. And, you know, of course things didn't end so well for her as far as her career. But like, of course she went on to things like Mean Girls and she was a superstar. And you can see it right away. Uh, and There's a direct connection between this and Mean Girls, as yes. far as the type of performance you were going to get mm-hmm. from this young lady. And she's she's much better in this dual role than I expected. You can actually tell these characters apart. Um, you understand the choices that she is making. And I also find it really interesting. I found in the kind of a trivia about this movie is that when uh, when Nancy Myers was casting this role, of course she went through you know a lot of actors that you would know. Uh, I think Scarlett Johansson was up for this role at one point. Um, and she said she was really looking um, for someone who had the energy of Diane Keaton. And if you know anything about mm. Nancy Meyer's career, I think it's kind of nice that she was searching for a child, Diane Keaton, and, and then ended up getting to work with her, you know, pretty soon after this. And this is the first movie, I think the only movie that she wrote with her now ex-husband. Uh, so it's interesting that that kind of went a different route than the movie. But they wrote this movie together and they, you know, they dedicated it to their daughters which i think is nice it's just like everything about this movie is just so nice mike i just i was expecting to hate this movie and find it like way over sweet you know even compared to her other movies because it is very much a disney movie it's based on a previous disney property but this really works for me i'm shocked 
I mean, I'm surprised too because uh, I'm on record as uh, hating children. Uh, so I, you know, I think I can't remember who said it. What filmmaker uh, said working with like animals or or kids? You know, that's your it's it's mm-hmm. doom. And I guess maybe you could add water to it. You know, Spielberg with Jaws or yes. Cameron with Titanic. You know, all sorts of problems. You water world. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I there was a little trepidation. You know, I, I mentioned. Um, having that with the Mel Gibson for our, our second episode. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, there is that too with Lindsay Lohan because I don't have that experience having seen this in 1998. And unlike you, I I think I think I saw the original or maybe I just saw parts of it on TV mm-hmm. when I was a kid. But it, it didn't make a mark with me at all. So I was concerned. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't this, a staple for you. That wasn't. Oh, yeah. no. No, because I'm, I'm really like, did I see just a clip on like a Disney package or did I watch the movie? It's very no, possible. No yeah. yeah. Um, so my concern was, as a Johnny Come Lately here, is having that like tinge of sadness, seeing Lindsay Lohan, like as you would with any, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a child actor, which I mean, that's a whole there's a whole subset of you know problems there as far as like what those people go through, their life experiences and. Uh, having the sort of like stage moms or dads or whatever. Um, and then you, uh, as I'm watching this with my wife and I'm, I'm, I've moved past that. Like we have like the camp hijinks sequences, which I could see maybe some people saying like, Hey, this is, why is this not like 90 minutes or a hundred minutes? Hmm. And I think a lot of it is, I just wonder why they have an isolation cabin. That's a little, that's a little messed up. Well, it's a, you know, it, it made me want to see Nancy Myers, you know, her version doing an episode of Oz, which would be like the most fun episode ever. Like, you know. <laughs> um, no sexual assault, just like marshmallows and, you know, things falling from the ceiling. Just good, good, wholesome hijinks. Doing some Nancy accent Myers. work, you know, mimicry, you know, yes. like working on your plots to, to get your oh, parents by back. the way, we should mention our expert this month is a true expert Manish Mathur of it pod to be you maybe rivals you as an anti Myers fan. It's that, well, it's that intense. So I would say probably so because you know, there, there was one of these I had not seen with the parent trap because of, as I said, my hatred of children. Um, <laughs> so, so as soon as I got past that, um, I'm watching this film with my wife and then Natasha Richardson comes down the stairs and I'm like, Oh man, See, I got like, sad I, about that. That was the one where yeah. I was like, Oh, um, so I guess like if so, people if people don't know that history, I think she died of a brain aneurysm like in her like early thirties. Yeah, she had yeah, a she skiing fell accident. Down, yeah. Hit her head and yeah. just like oh, I'm just gonna go home and rest. You know, just like I oh, just took a tumble and, and she yet, was fine for a couple of days and then just dropped just dead. For, yeah, just terrible. Yeah. Um. So yeah, anytime you're coming like late in the game, um, to a performer and you're like, oh, I'm gonna enjoy this, but then that somehow makes it worse. So mm-hmm. like Lindsay Lohan with all of her like that. You know, and I'm sure she's, you know, if she comes out fine, there's still going to be that, like, what could have been. Where oh, it's yeah. like, it's like, oh, this could have been like a, a true superstar here. So I get past all that heavy shit, strangely, for the parent yeah, trap. right? Who knew that, that, like, the parent trap would be like, oh, my God, the first 20 minutes are so sad. <laughs> I was watching, like, Up again, you know, all these <laughs> thoughts I'm going to have. So that's not how the uh, filmmaker intended here. No. Um, but what I think it's very smart. It's very smart for this being like first off, you know, the, the camp sequences have to operate as a kid's film. So like a little mini home alone shit with pranks and mm-hmm. uh what was it like salute your shorts on Nickelodeon from the early nineties, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like you're gonna give them that because I wondered how she was gonna handle 
doing a rom-com kids movie mm-hmm. not and not doing something creepy where it's a romantic comedy with two children <laughs> right but you have two adults that have to have a certain chemistry together how do you keep the kids engaged with that when they just want to see you know dual Lindsay lohan's like right. hijinks and you know taking secret phone calls and closets and doing like funny and accents not only that how do you keep the adults engaged in this movie when the first 30 to 45 minutes of it they're not present you're two romantic leads aren't even on screen. So you need two romantic leads that immediately you are drawn to. And I think the casting helps with that. I think when you have Natasha Richardson and Dennis Quaid, they're both good actors and they're both people that I think you immediately are drawn to. There's like a certain warmth to both of, to both of those actors. So that really helps, but it is, it is a challenge. And one thing I've noticed about Nancy Myers movies, I expected going into this. I'm like, Oh, these movies will be all 90 minutes. Cool. And then I walk every single movie is at least two hours. So she puts a lot of story into a genre of film that usually is relegated to just being cute. So I kind of like that she kind of stretches the the boundaries of her genre a little bit. I mean, we said it for two months straight, but maybe Martin Scorsese's editor could take some cues. <laughs> you said that. Nancy Myers. I'm not touching that. I actually didn't even say it, and I don't even know who to credit or shame, I guess, but it doesn't matter. Like... Twitter went nuts for a couple of days and I'm, I'm still getting a thrill out of it, out of people <laughs> losing their minds over that. Um, I, I think like, so when you asked me what I liked about Nancy Myers or why, you know, it, and it still was kind of post as like, you should be defensive about this, Mike. I, I hope you interrogate yep. Manish as much as you interrogate me about this selection. Uh, I think the adults, cause I, I mean, vouch for me and my wife enjoy the camp sequences because, Strangely, these little girls are already, they're presented as already accomplished, you know, for their age. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're fencing against each other for God's sake. Uh, and they're known as like, like, oh, that's the either the cool kid or the smartest kid, or that's the one everyone wants to be around. Uh, there's something different about her, right. which is kind of, it's kind of a cool premise when you throw in the kink that they're twins. Like they're, they're supposed to come in and dominate this camp, right? Was well, being somehow the most <laughs> out there person and like I can't imagine like anything more horrific uh, as a child, and maybe even leaning into like teen years, certainly like preteen years, where you think you've like carved out your sort of identity. Like, and all those things are shifting, obviously, but you've carved it out where it's like, okay, this is what I'm going to be known for this school year, <laughs> and then you run into your unknown fucking twin across from you, who like these weird like X Men fencing sequence where like they, <laughs> they can mirror each other's moves. Uh, a lot of fun, and I felt like even as an adult, you could kind of get back into that headspace. So the one part when I watched this, I was like, I wonder if Mike hates this moment, the uh, the secret handshake moment between with a butler. Yeah. Oh, why? why would, I, I like, do I have mine record as far as hating handshakes? On no, the it's just, it's just very cutesy and maybe goes on for a little bit too long. Like I get why it's there, so it's like one more test that the other twin has to pass when she's you know, going to London and like faking in who she is. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's a lot. I mean, I think it Look, works and I think it feels very much like a Disney kids movie thing. Uh, maybe, but you and I are both baseball guys. We've seen oh, enough that's, shots to see. That's that true. Those things that's, go on forever. That is a really so, good point. <laughs> no, I, I just thought it was just like, uh, I, th- I think it's also, if you could accuse Nancy Myers, probably later in her career, not at this point, 
uh, where this is her directing debut, but you know, she was very successful screenwriter and partner of her, of her husband. Um, I think probably at this point, the father of the bride, at least, mm-hmm. uh, the first one and you know, got a sequel, um, had focus much like Sofia Coppola, um, which is why the next time I get the, to take the wheel, I'm going to pick a director that focuses <laughs> on people who are poor. Cause yeah, my God, you put me through that with your John Ford selection. So I'm going to get you back. Uh, <laughs> um, Mike is a classist. I, he just likes rich people movies. <laughs> that's, that's what he's well, you know, for. you know, the, the subtitle of this podcast is auteurs for assholes, but it also probably has to be like upstairs, downstairs where we just rotate month to month. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I felt like it's a way to like you. It's a girl who's going to camp to maybe try to fit in with the normies who has a damn butler. So the the baseball handshake mm. at least makes it seem like, you know, she's not she doesn't seem like a spoiled brat. And she's also like just as scared as any other kid would be to like, you know, leave the people that care about her behind. Yeah, it was, there was a moment very early in this movie where I was like, oh, God, I hope they don't do what I think they're doing, because I thought what they're going to do is they have like, you know, the you know one character who you relate to and one you don't i'm like oh Mm, god we're already introducing a character with a butler like and the (laughs) other kid lives in a vineyard like oh god what are we gonna do but then i thought like oh no this is nancy myers of course everyone is accomplished everyone is rich and you know there's a part of me that really enjoys that because then you don't you don't have the loopholes that you worry about in other movies like well why aren't they going to work? What is going on here? Like, why can't this doesn't make any sense? And with these two characters, it does make sense. One of them is a world famous dress designer. One of them owns a vineyard. Like, like, okay, these people are rich, not so rich and famous that they would be on the news every day, but rich enough that they can kind of do their own thing and live their life and have a good time. And we don't have to worry ourselves with the intricacies of like, well, they work from nine to five then they come home. Who takes care of the kid? Like they have nannies they have live-in nannies so so what did you think actually about the kind of the secondary romance in this movie where you have the two nannies kind of hooking up there was that too much was that too much for you or was it like no this this fits (laughs) uh no it was not too much for me but i realized we're in a disney family comedy so we can't (laughs) no fucking mike (laughs) can't go there i like that they want to they were just there was some eye fucking going on for sure like, uh, I, mean, I mean, is it one of the characters introduced to the other when he's like in a speedo? Was it the, like, the But I don't feel like that they even played it up, or at least the character didn't. It's like, oh, you caught me unawares. Like I'm no, in a speedo. He's just, pretty proud, and she's into it. Like, that's how I roll. Yeah, like, this is you know, I'm going to the pool. Why wouldn't I be in a speedo? Uh, no. Um, I mean, if you have like, if you want to get, you know, really into the weeds, which if you're on a movie podcast, there's always that fear of like, you know, what if we're going to talk about the parent trap, we have to like, what does it really mean? Like, what's it really trying to say? Um, the closest I will come to that. And it's, I'm like wearing my like Chernobyl, like suit, like <laughs> in approaching that okay. type of discussion okay. when it comes to it, uh, for fear of just disappearing up my own ass as most movie podcasters do. Um, was like, if you don't fight things, the things will like fall in place. Mm-hmm. Like, right. That seems to be, that's the, the girl's, thing like we just have to get our parents back in the same room after that uh who knows you know it's it but it should work out because that's they're they're together again right like uh and so if there is one one knock at as i'm watching it but i also have to remind myself i'm like well it's a disney family comedy (laughs) is i don't think they ever really say like what was so bad to have these this couple 
separate. And it's not that they separate because we don't actually, I think it's a smart decision. We don't actually know them. Like we, the, the credit sequences, they're like meeting on the ship and then like a picture to introduce you. Like oh, that's actually gonna be Richardson and Quaid like later, but we, there's no dialogue, nothing where it's like we have any sense of them as a, a unit. I think that's very smart. So when they get back together, we're not, you're not, we're kind of guessing, but we don't have any prior attachment to them. And if you're expecting some big reveal on why they separated, it made a pretty drastic decision to split up these twin sisters and have them raised, not knowing that they even have a sister. It's insane. That That's whole plot line is crazy. You can speak more to that as far as being a fan of the original. Is that just an allegiance to the original concept that we just kind of have to roll I with it in the late nineties? So. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that I'm really glad that they made the decision to not tell us the background. Like you get a little bit, Later in the movie, like, you know, uh, she she was packing and he didn't stop her and she threw something at him like it was a little. But, but why was she packing? Like, yeah, we don't... <laughs> it's all very vague. And I think the good thing about that is it allows you to kind of imprint whatever you want on these characters. And if they show the breakup, then there's the outside chance that you're not going to be rooting for them to be together. You might be like, well, they're not good together. These are kids. What do they know? They have, they've never met the other person. So how would they know if these two actually were meant to be together and they actually did care about one another? So I think the decision in a pretty long movie, two hours and 10 minutes, given the type of movie it is, the, the decision not to do that, I think, is a really smart one. One, because of the reasons I said, and two, because then you have got a two and a half hour long parent trap movie. And like, what are we doing here? Like, is, this does that need to be your epic. Like, let's just calm down a little bit. But I think the thing that surprised me the most, like I knew it was going to be cute. I kind of figured it would be enjoyable, but I didn't expect it to hit me emotionally. Like for some reason, this movie really got me. Like all Which these, part? There was actually numerous moments where I was like feeling this emotion. Like, uh, you know, the moments that Lindsay Lohan's character has two different times of kind of like finally seeing the parent they've never had. Like that stuff worked on me. And when the the nannies kind of realized what was going on and they, you know, had this moment of like, oh my God, I just want to hug this child. This is something I've wanted for so long. This girl should have been part of the family for this entire time. Because you can kind of see the nannies are like, these fucking idiots splitting up twins. What are we doing? But you pay my, you pay my check. So just whatever you want to do. And also talk about overstepping as much as you feel that this is totally wrong. Right, right. It's your life. I'm, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not stepping into that conversation. No, no, no. Unless, no. In, unless invited, like, no. and even then, cautiously. You know, yeah. that's probably a good reason why they wanted to, you know, to go screw, like literally <laughs> screw <laughs> right. off and go. Exactly. No, but those those emotional beats all really worked for me. And I was like actively trying to figure out why, because I don't think it's, I don't think it's a movie that's like really manipulative. Um, cause there's some movies where you're like, oh, I see how you got me to have that emotional reaction. Yeah, yeah. This, it like really took me by surprise. Like I was really like emotionally affected by the parent trap. Like what is going on? But like, I think because it's so the plot itself, even though it's complex is still pretty simplistic. You know, it's just like this child never had a father. This child never had a mother and they desperately want that. And they get it in that moment. And that works for me emotionally. Yeah, there's a scene where uh, the you know the the girl who's lived without uh, a father 
um, is in the the truck with Dennis Quaid and keeps calling like finishes every you sentence. Call him dad, 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 yeah. dad, and he's like he's got a smirk. But he's like, hey, God, you know, I'm of course writing the script where it's like you know the the Scorsese voiceover where it's like, <laughs> God, she's a weird little shit. Like, what is this? What's going on? <laughs> she was a lovely girl. Lovely girl. But all of a sudden, you're so proper. Still biting those nails, I see. Dad, you noticed. What do you mean noticed? You've been biting him since you could chew. But I've decided to stop, Dad. It's a horrid habit. Lovely girl, horrid habit. What did I do, send you to summer camp or finishing school? And why do you keep saying Dad at the end of every sentence? I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was doing it, Dad. <laughs> sorry, Dad. Do you want to know why I keep saying Dad? The truth. Because you missed your old man so much, right? Exactly. It's because in my whole life, I mean, you know, for the past eight weeks, I was never able to say the word dad. Never. Not once. And if you ask me, I mean, a dad is an irreplaceable person in a girl's life. Uh, which, I mean, he, you know, he just like, and other characters too, is like, that's a weird thing to say. Like all the, yeah. the slang and mannerisms. My wife pointed out, like, that, you know, anything that was American. You know, I'm just like, it takes me two seconds after the British character is like, what was that? Because I'm just thinking, what? Right. She just said, doesn't matter. But anything that, the, any sort of English slang, I'm just like, God, what a freak. Like, my yeah. kid goes to the camp and Jesus. But uh, I also but, yeah, like, the, the, it's really smart in that way, right? I <laughs> like the fact that from the very beginning, there's things that the parents are noticing, but, you know, it looks just like my kids. So, you know, maybe they just went to, because kids go to camp for a couple of weeks and they come back and they do weird shit. Like they pick up mannerisms from other kids and that will happen. Well, hell, Madonna picks up accents left <laughs> right. right. As a grown woman, a grown exactly. successful woman. So I like um, from a script perspective that like the parents are picking up on that. They're not complete idiots. They're just like totally fooled. They're kind of like side-eyeing these kids. Like, wait a minute. Why does the dog hate you? What is going on here? And I like... You know, I didn't expect it to be this smart of a movie from a script perspective. I was really impressed. And if you're the Quaid character in that sequence, like, you know, just saying, having your, your daughter say, like, you know, I've not got to call you dad in a few weeks. It's just like, you know, I mean, it's a, it is like it does catch you off guard at different points in the film yeah. where you're just like, oh, this is kind of absurd and this kid's weird. And then it's like you, you say something where it's like if you remove the the pretense of like why she's saying it that way, like if you're looking at it from the Quaid's character's point of view, it's an incredibly like touching moment. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that Nancy Myers, only the great Nancy Myers could not like she doesn't hang on those moments for too long, like yeah. at all. They just kind of, you know. She gets a pitch to hit, squares up on it, and then she moves on to the next thing. And I think this is completely true of the whole movie. This is a really easy movie to get caught in the weeds in and make it too silly or too ridiculous or too emotionally manipulative. And, you know, I never thought I'd say this, but, like, there's not many directors who I think could handle this material as well as Nancy Myers. I think she does a great job from a writing perspective and from a directing perspective here. The greatest Christmas present we could give you, dear listeners, is the best living filmmaker for the final month of the year. And I'm glad Dave has finally come around to that. Yes. One episode. One episode in. That's all it took. Well, it, it, it's, that's all it took because as I put on this movie, I was like ready, like, oh, man, here we fucking go. Fucking parent <laughs> trap. But I was like within, I would say within 15 or 20 minutes, like I was so charmed by this movie so quickly. And that's before... The parents show up 
and that shocked me because I was like, anytime there's, you know, you've talked about this at length. Anytime there's a movie with dumb kids, you're like, oh god, here we go. I just got to, and I felt like, okay, I'm just gonna have to suffer for, through this first half hour. And I was actually wondering, like, how long is it gonna take until they realize they're twins? Like, let's, like, I did have a moment early in the movie, like. Uh, it's 25 minutes in and they still don't know like this movie can't be that long like let's but then like once they figure it out like the the plot ramps up really quickly and it's just like okay now we're going to teach each other these things here's the layout of my giant house and then they're back and they're doing their own separate thing and i just for a movie that's over two hours with you know and it's a disney movie it is remarkably well paced like this movie just flies along i was I you know, honestly don't have anything bad to say about it. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the kind of Meredith Blake plot line. I felt like that was, you know, a little bit try hard. She was a little bit too villainous. But like, these are like really nitpicky things. You know what this I like really about her? Good. I she like that she has a sequence. <laughs> well, when she, you know, when she thinks she's dealing with just one daughter and they like have their... You know, dare I say it? Uh, they have their De Niro Pacino moment from Heat. <laughs> Is that, are they in a are they in a gazebo when they do this? Yes. <laughs> Just continue talking. I'm I'm done for about five minutes. <laughs> Where you know you're talking to a child and the daughter of this man that you're wanting, I guess, to marry. I mean, I, I think we're meant to believe her intentions are not not great. Yeah, she wants uh, that. She wants those millions. He owns. He lives on a vineyard. Um, which is strange, given like the way she presents herself. She doesn't look like she's destitute. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. I think it's you know, you, I don't know that you could have this kind of plot line in a movie like this, but it's probably a little bit more interesting if she doesn't look so well off already. Like she's already wearing designer clothes. Like she's. You'll probably be fine. Pick yourself up. You yeah. Because in the back of my head, I'm like, do you really want to challenge this man's daughter if she said I don't approve? And it's like you, as I said, moment from heat where it's like, you know, if, if I have to put you down, Lindsay Lohan's like, <laughs> right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And, you know, again, like kind of talking about the smart script. I love this this idea where he's like, you know, I want her to be a part of the family. And little Lindsay Lohan's like, I've always wanted a sister. And I was like, oh, burn. Jeez, just coming after dad, both, gun, both guns blazing here. Like That is also a common thread we will see throughout the month. Nancy Myers uh, really likes to focus on age and how uncomfortable, uh, and in particular with men and women, uh, men do not like that thrown mm-hmm. back in their face. Age-appropriate uh, pairings. Imagine right. that. Yep. It's bound yep. to happen. Yeah, so I think, honestly, we can wrap this episode up because I, I don't have anything negative to say like I thought I was going to. I thought this was going to be my one episode opportunity to be like, fuck Nancy Myers. This movie sucks. But like, here I am completely charmed by the fucking parent trap. Who knew? I think Mel Gibson may give you an opening for the second one. We'll see. That's true. So speaking of that second episode, our next episode, luckily, she has so few movies that we get to do just one one movie per episode, so it's a nice, nice. Tell the listeners that that's also gonna become like a pretty consistent theme when it's my month to yeah. pick. <laughs> it's like, oh, you got more than six movies, not interested. <laughs> so the next movie that both of us, I think, forgot that Nancy Myers made uh, is the Mel Gibson star "What Women Want." Um, so that is the next movie we're gonna watch. So, Mike, what what do you think? How do I even put this? What do you think we can expect? From Nancy Myers. Like, if you were to go back in time to 1998, you just saw the parent trap for what 
for some reason you saw the parent trap and you mm, thought yeah. this was really good what would you expect nancy myers to do do you expect her to go to more adult films or do you expect more of kind of disney channel stuff and kind of uplifting that genre a little bit no i mean i think so like what women want i don't think is entirely an original premise but i also don't think it's based on another like property i don't think this is like a remake so like in the 90s with the success of father of the bride and although it has a remake now but yeah yeah uh which um (laughs) <laughs> I, look i'm the 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 nancy myers dork that was actually excited about that like like oh they're doing a remake to that one like you know th- this will be good like 2019 it would be really topical to like like that's an appropriate remake right like didn't i don't know if you saw it but didn't did not live up to no, it's, what it's i had like, hoped well, especially because honestly like okay it's what men want right and i'm you know, maybe this is sexist, but my first thought is like... You think you got that pegged, huh? Yeah, like, feed me, fuck me, leave me the <laughs> fuck alone. Like, that's just, like, what else do you need? It's That's what we're thinking. I'm hungry, I'm horny, I'm tired. That's, like, <laughs> that's gonna be a repetitive movie. Like, that's... <laughs> I think What Women Want is probably a more interesting film than What Men Want. Sorry. Just continuing Dave's theme and all the wrong-headed lessons he learned from The Quiet Man, where... The same premise with a woman in the starring role Dave has no time for, no no interest. Not interested. Wow, this is going to be a very dark episode coming up for uh, What Women Want. But no, um, even if I had seen The Parent Trap, uh, Father of the Bride, I actually would think, okay, she's going to tackle rom-com proper with adult mm-hmm. relationships. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily have pegged uh, Mel Gibson. Uh, even then, I wouldn't have said, oh, Mel Gibson would be... Uh, top of the list of work with Nancy Myers, but Helen Hunt, uh, especially in this time period, I would be like, oh yeah, that's that's perfect. That's money in the bank with her coming off of uh, as good as it gets. Uh, Twister, yep, yep. That'll, that'll work. See, I would pick Mel Gibson, and we will talk about that more in our next episode. Uh, I know so you would pick Mel him. Gibson because you like <laughs> I'm a being monster. With a stick. That's good right, Lord. So, if you'd like to hear more of this nonsense, feel free to follow us on Twitter. Um, our at is at directed by pod. And if you'd like to donate your hard earned dollars to Mike constantly defending feminism and women to my monstrosities, then you can go to patreon.com slash a podcast directed by and get some bonus content like the full audio of our interviews from our movie experts. Um, so feel free to do that. You can listen to interviews like I did with Manish Mathur from Pod to the So join us. Next time.